Uh, what's up, Mike? What's up, Walker? Should we do this? Let's do it. Welcome to Walls Down. I'm Mike. I'm Walker. This is the podcast where we talk about stories and experiences of masculinity. Um, got a good guest this week. Max is on. Max Pleasure is here, but yes. we'll talk to him after this first segment. As always, what's what's uh, been going on, Mike? I haven't seen you in two weeks. Two weeks. Holiday. <coughs> yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you <laughs> so much. Thank you. Happy holidays. <laughs> um, what's been going on? I've been just working on my essay for Columbia still. Um, just trying to stay consistent with that uh, and not fall into that fear, that paralyzing fear of like, oh, if I don't do this right, um, then I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah, that like, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. So I've been breaking it apart. Uh, I put it into paragraphs and had my friend Molly, who is a, a writer, hmm. uh, look at it and review it and all that stuff. So I've just been taking it one step at a time and just staying consistent with that. And then what else has been going on? Um uh, has it been, I mean, we've talked about it before, and I think what you're, one of the things you're really good at that I'm less good at is asking for help and taking help and, we, you know, talking about how that, you know, whether that plays into masculinity or, or not, but has it been like continually just easy to reach out to people and get yeah, help? Yeah. Yeah. Because only because I literally don't know what I'm doing. So it's <laughs> Which like, Which is hard please. in itself to admit, to yeah. say like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's like, please just help me. Hmm. Like, and I want this so bad. Yeah. So it's like, all right, just help me. And it's actually easier because these people that I'm asking for help went to school. They like know how to write a proper essay. Yeah. And they're willing to just help me. So it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, it's pretty easy to just do it. The only hard part is like staying consistent with it. So hmm. I don't like not do it. Um. I went upstate for the first time too last oh, yeah? weekend. Yeah. Yeah. What did, what did you, did you go with? I went go with Lauren and my friend Natalie. And it was the first time I've ever uh, been upstate. Where'd you go? Um, fuck. Where did I go? Because I don't really, like, I'm so I don't not remember. From here. <laughs> I think, like, I went by the Hudson. Anything north of the Bronx is upstate. Fuck, and people I don't like, even remember where I went. Woodstock? Fail. Yeah, I was by Woodstock. Okay. I, that's like, where I've been, is Woodstock. It was beautiful. Yeah. But I can never live up there. <laughs> Why is that? Because I'm scared to live, like, where there's not, like, people around. Like, the, the nearest, like, neighbor was, like, two miles away. Mm. And I'm not down what for are you? that. <laughs> I just think, like, if something went down. LA, yeah, if something went York. down, how is, like, the cops going to come up there mm. and, like, help? Yeah. There's, like, no close grocery store. Yeah. Like, they don't have, like, TVs and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> they don't have TVs? No. <laughs> it was very like hippie and it was beautiful i mean yeah. i liked it it was different than where i grew up yeah so it was dope like driving up there and watching like the scenery change and all that stuff the snow on the rocks mm. and the lakes and different tree colors and stuff it was did dope. you feel like uncomfortable there at night yeah very <laughs> uncomfortable it was like pitch black yeah like, it's like real we can look out of the um windows and you couldn't see shit. So, like, my thinking was, like, oh, shit, someone's, like, looking in at us, like, just watching us about to just, like, murder us all. 
And like I talked to this woman, I'm like, how do you do this? And she's like, oh, I sleep with my like doors open. It's peaceful. And I'm like, hell no. Yeah. Like I'd rather be in New York where I can see my neighbors like around and like I can hear my neighbors like stomping and shit. Yeah. Like that makes me feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, no, I, I mean, I've, I've talked to other people with that experience with their like, you know, cause there's, I, I've, when I moved here or whatever, you know, you hear people like, oh, isn't it dangerous? Are you scared? But then I, people I know who are from here or grew up in big cities are like, it's terrifying to go out like to the country. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Utah, I was shook. <laughs> like she, like this, these people had like a six acre lot mm-hmm. and I was like, hell no. How do you do this? Like the house is like 15,000 square feet and the mom like stay there by herself. And I was like, aren't you terrified? She's like, no, what's, What's going to happen? Like, the only thing I'm, like, scared of is, like, moose coming up to the window. And I'm like, hell no. I'm good. <laughs> it is an interesting, like, a different fear. And, and I think also New York does something to your sense of space. Yeah. I'll, also, I'll speak for myself, but I know my sister lived here. She, My sister, her husband, my niece, they had a... Uh, baby wasn't born yet but they had two dogs and three cats and they lived in a two-bedroom apartment and then my sister they moved to nashville and they have like a big house and they have a backyard and my my brother-in-law's musician and like they turned the back uh, mm-hmm. the garage into like this big uh music studio and my sister's like i hate it like we're we're so far apart i don't like it i want to move back to new york and i was like what are you talking about that's so like you have this big beautiful house now yeah um and then i've lived here you know I've lived here for three years, three and a half years, and me and my sister were living in a, that place in the East Village before our new place, and it was like tiny, like our rooms were just, like everything was just like crammed in together, in like a very like East Village kind of way or like Lower East Side. Yeah. And so now we moved to our place now that's still by like the rest of the country standards would be very small, but it's like twice as big. And no, your apartment room, is huge. <laughs> like when I walked like, in, I was like, whoa. It's like, crown, crown <laughs> it's great, man. We have a backyard. Yo. Um, but like, so now there's like a bedroom and a bathroom between me and my sister's room. And I remember I was telling my girlfriend like the first couple nights, I was like, I was like, do you think Lizzie's okay? Like she's pretty far away from us. Like, do you, it's like, I felt, I felt like a distance from her. And I was like, all right, I think I get what my sister yeah. was talking about. Um, well, let's, did you guys go up there like as a sort of a like it Thanksgiving was a f- getaway or did you do anything for Thanksgiving? Were you, cause I know you didn't go home. No, I didn't go home. Um, it was Lauren and Natalie's friend. So they asked me if I wanted to come and I was like, yeah, sure. I've never been upstate. Mm-hmm. Why not go on a little adventure? And it was cool. Like, we all got to, like, get to know each other on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Um, The people's house that we went to was beautiful. It was, like, the family, the mom, the dad, and the kid, it was, like, what I would envision myself, like, having. Mm. So, it was cool seeing that. Like, they were so loving with their, like, four-year-old kid. Like, I was talking to the mom, and her kid was upstairs playing the drum, and, like, all of a sudden, in mid-sentence, she was like, look at my baby like playing and I can genuinely feel her like being excited about her kid. Yeah. So it like showed me like, Oh, okay, cool. This is what I would want when I'm ready for that. Yeah. You know, to like when her husband was talking about her, you could see like him like honoring her and like being like excited Uh to like talk about his wife. And like, I saw him with his son and I remember saying to him like, damn, that's what, how I want to be with my son. If I have a son, Mm. you know, it was cool to witness Especially because, like, I didn't grow up like that, 
you know? So it was cool yeah. to see a dad with his son, like, just holding him and, like, being present mm. and being, like, yeah, this is my kid, you yeah. know? When he got tired, he brought this, like, big pillowcase or big pillow and, like, put it down for him. And I was, like, oh, shit, I want to do that. <laughs> so, like, now I'm, like, yeah, I'm, like, no. in, like, baby fever. Like, when I see a kid, I was at the van store yesterday <laughs> and I saw this little kid and I was, like, oh, I want that. <laughs> And then, like, is I it, snap back it, into reality. Like, nah, I'm good. Is it that you want to, like... I just want to be a cool-ass dad. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, I want to, like, buy, like, matching sneakers yeah. for my kid. Like, I walk past the North Face store, and I was like, yeah, I want to buy, like, a dope-ass North Face. Yeah. And then buy one for my kid so we can just, like, walk around it's wearing like our North Faces does. and shit. <laughs> my brother and his first son, especially when he was, like, younger and he was their only son, he, they would, like, dress exactly the same. And I yeah. thought it was, like, the cutest thing I want ever. that. Go on play dates and shit. Yeah. Go to the park. Like, kind of create a different experience. Because I know, you know, yeah, you've done yeah. all that, a lot of inner child work yeah. and that kind of stuff. And then it would be like, not only because you've talked about like taking care of yourself as yeah. a younger person now, but then it is kind of a way to like heal myself, but yeah. also like just be a cool ass dad. <laughs> like, yeah. Those, those are the goals now. <laughs> like, graduate from Columbia. Mm hmm. That's those are, those are good goals. <laughs> Be like an ill dad. I love it. Um, yeah, it's funny. I was home because I went home for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. and a lot of my friends do have kids and like mm -hmm. seeing them. And uh, it's actually what you were saying was making me. I was talking to one of my friends who had a, his. He had a son. I don't know, like five or six months ago, and he was talking about when the kid when his son was born and he was like i'd never heard you know like i'd heard people be like it's so crazy when like the baby's born it's like this emotional and I, I i like cognitively kind of understood it a little but he was explaining to me this way he's like you're you like you're holding this thing and he was like it's like you're looking at yourself and like you're it, it, not like you know it's you he's like mm -hmm. it feels like you like you almost look like you feel like you're holding your baby he's like i felt like i was traveling through time and space Yo. and he was and i was like i never understood it and all of a sudden i was like yeah that must he said i mean he said it was like insane like it wasn't like oh i feel so loving he said it was like this incredible experience he also said that his brother-in-law they were talking about and his brother-in-law threw up because he was like so overwhelmed by the experience yeah and, i bet and uh but uh yeah it was um it was funny i went home to Oklahoma, which I love. Thanksgiving's a really big deal with my family. Um, I don't go home for Christmas or any other really holidays, but like we have like I think we had seventy two people at my mom's house and like Wait, how many? Seventy two. It was our record this year. Yo. It's very much like um I was explaining it to one of my to my boss yesterday. It's like very much kind of a like lost toys kind of Thanksgiving. Uh -huh. Like it's like, oh you're in town, you let me do come to our house. Like it's not like all family. Like uh -huh. we do have a very big family, but we don't have seventy two family members. Yeah. So there's like you know, like my aunt my aunt's friends family comes because they just they don't have other family in town. So they come every year and like her my aunt's friend from childhood who was my childhood babysitter but has lived in San Francisco for twenty five years. They happen to be in town. So they their whole family came. And so it's just like this very Yeah, yeah. Um and it, but also a part so that was great and, and a lot to observe, but it's funny now that the podcast is out and a lot of people at home listen to it. Yes. It was like um 
another experience. I know I'm not really putting that idea together, but it was, there was just a lot of experience coming. Like my brother also invited me to a boxing class that he does with this guy. He like goes and it's like in this like cement hole in the back of this building. It was so intense. And I was like, die. And he was like, Oh, this guy, you're really gonna, he's going to give you a lot of like fodder for your, for the podcast. Cause the guy and the guy, it was funny. He kept being like, Oh, cause the guy's like totally like this, like archetype of like, he's like, come on, you pussies. Like the whole time. Like that's his thing. That's the style. But I was telling my brother afterwards that to me wasn't even like, like, I think he was like, Oh, what do you think? Like pretty crazy, huh? But to me it was like such shtick that it wasn't, it wasn't like I was like, yeah, like great, like woke way of speaking, but it was like the guy actually pulled me and my other brother because it was our first time. He pulled us aside before and he was almost like very kind and he was like showing us how to do because it was a more advanced class. Mm-hmm. We kind of skipped the beginner class. Mm-hmm. And so he was showing us, he was being very like, oh, no, no, that's okay. Like you did this. And then the second he was like, all right. So he was like, okay, come on, you pussies. And like slapped us and was like, and then the whole class, he's like, you, well, this guy's fucking his ovaries are growing, like yelling at all. And there's like women in the class. And, but that to me seemed so like surface level, almost like it was a character, mm-hmm. but it didn't even feel like anything that like the stuff we talk about, that's our own personal experience. that's like damaging and internalized yeah. Yeah. and this kind of stuff yeah. that uh, I was telling my brother, I was like, that isn't even really, it's not that it's not, maybe isn't like part of harmful language and stuff. But to me, I was like, I didn't feel although at one point it was funny because he's like walking around while you're working out so hard and he's like yelling at everyone and he was yelling at someone that he was like you know you're like you're i didn't know you're a fucking lady who had like you grew over like i say he said something about growing over your testicles turned into ovaries (laughs) or something like that and i were like doing these like crunches i like rolled over to my brother and i was like gender's a construct and the guy heard me say something and i thought he was gonna be like what did you say and i was like oh but then he just was like no fucking talking in my class da, da, da. um did so you get shook were you, I, I was, you he literally rode me at one point we were doing bear like where you crawl on your and i like in a circle and i was dying and he and this is actually is a funny kind of I don't know if it's like my masculinity coming. He like, he would like kind of grab something and he knew we were only coming for this one class. So he was kind of picking on us mm-hmm. and he like kind of leaned on me. So I'm like carrying him and I was like, he was like, you know, you got to go harder. And so I was like, this guy's not going to break me. So I kept going till he literally like pulled me and like held me to the ground. I stopped and he was like, you don't fucking stop. So I was like dragging as if I like my legs didn't work, dragging this like 250 pound man. But in my head, I'm like, he's not going to break me. Da, da, da. And I almost died. Like, he was like, all right. And then he was explaining the next thing, and I thought I was going to puke in front of all these people. But I, like, pushed myself. I don't know. His it, The thing. But the other thing that I was thinking about, and we'll take a break, but it was funny because I was thinking about this, and I think a lot of the experiences I had when I was home, because it was just, you know, I was kind of back in some old space. We went paintballing, too, which that's a whole other thing. My family goes paintballing every so Thanksgiving. And Is like, there a place to paintball out here? I think you, you like not in the city, but I think if you go outside, it is very fun. Um, but what I was thinking about kind of even this morning, cause I, I joke with, I live with my girlfriend and my sister and like last night my niece came over and there, we were like trying to pick a movie. And like, I always joke that like, I just get overridden on like, I don't even like try to suggest things, but like a lot of stuff we watch, they like, we all like, but they're like, Last night we watched Freaky Friday and like they want to, wa- they were wanting to watch like 
actually they said me and you should do an episode on she's the man which is supposed to be like after we do uh magic mike xxl which we're supposed to do yeah yeah yeah. but anyway this whole point is i was thinking about because i they joke that i like to watch like civil war documentaries and like which it's true that i do like those things and i was thinking about for a second it was like oh god am i still like caught up in this like masculinity this like talk but then i was like well that's not that that doesn't feel right. Like I, I feel like a lot of what we've talked about is that for me, I'll say I get to pick my experience of masculinity. Yeah. Right. Like this morning I watched like, you know, this, that new Netflix movie, like the outlaw King or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of violent. And I like loved as a kid, I loved Braveheart and Mm -hmm. it's kind of similar to that. And, And it's like, I get. I, I don't have to reject everything masculine to be a better version of my myself. Be a better version of what a man is mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell anyone the right and wrong way of masculinity. But I'm talking about my experience of masculinity. I can recognize the things that are damaging for mm-hmm. me and the things that feel empowering or good or just that pleasurable. You know. Um, and so that was sort of this because I do think it's like this this this, this uh, pendulum that's swinging where it's like maybe before I was like really engaging in a lot of stuff and then it was like almost like I felt this pull that's like I need to reject all of that to be more but it's like no like I don't know like what's an alignment yeah yeah you know, what, what, what's what, an alignment yeah. so, I'm not gonna stop watching sports like I'm well, as we're like talking right now i'm like thinking about oh shit the alabama like georgia game <laughs> sec championships on which you is, know which is the other funny thing that that came up when i was home of like i realized like i don't love watching a whole like football game anymore which was such a part of my identity mm-hmm. but i still i like reading about it yeah and i like watching highlight it's just this i don't know i guess it's growth yeah <laughs> for lack of yeah it. you know what i mean like being well, you're okay interested with, in other things now yeah and letting it be okay that yeah. like we kind of got into it one night because my brother was watching the Oklahoma State football game, and we like we all wanted to watch a movie. And like my sister and my girlfriend were kind of getting like pissed because he was just being like, "No, we're watching this. We're watching." This. And I was like, "Huh?" Like in the past, it would almost be like no question we were going to watch this. Like our whole family likes football. Da da da. We're gonna. And I found myself just sort of. It, it was interesting to see that I, I guess, I mean, truthfully, I just kind of got quiet. I was like, I did tell him, I was like, well, it's not your house. But then that was just like brother stuff, like yeah. brothers being dicks to each other or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, the idea that it's an ongoing kind of exploration of what it is to me. But, That's the perfect word. Yeah. But let it be, the, the real work I feel like is like accepting myself for the different pieces. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Max. Let's go. All right. Welcome back to Walls Down. I'm one of your hosts, Walker. I'm Mike. So we've got a guest this week that we're very excited to talk to. Um, very. Last week, wink, wink, and magical uh, recording, we had a... Nathaniel on last week yeah. to talk uh, about his movie, uh, his documentary, which I believe is called Max. And we have with us the titular Max Pleasure and to here to share his story with us. Um, so 
Thank you, Max, for coming on. No problem. Thanks thank for you, having thank me. You. So before we kind of get into it, how do you identify? Um, so when I'm doing um, shows and um, doing other things in drag circles, um, I go by Max and use he, him pronouns. Beyond that, I always tell people, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I'll figure it out one day, but oh, nice. it's yeah. not that day. <laughs> not today. So, so, you know, we always kind of just start off by what were some of the early messages you got, like earliest that you can remember of what masculinity was or what, you know, what that looked like, whether it was from men, from women, from, you know. Music, movies, yeah. friends. Um, well, so um, my family, um, I have three siblings, mm-hmm. and we're, we were all raised as women. And um, so my dad was like the only like masculine figure that I had like really accessible to me. Um, and that kind of so I learned a lot about like masculinity from my dad, but also just from like media and stuff, like most other kids do, like television and movies and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't like understand it fully as a concept until like I went to college and started actively thinking about what femininity meant and feminism. And like, that's when I finally like thought of these things as like concepts and like constructs rather Mm. than these given things and things that just were, Mm -hmm. you know? So what were one i'm wondering like what movies what thing you know but excuse me um what were those givens that you saw what were those this was what masculinity is this is what it isn't um i mean we were really into disney when we were kids so all the christmas movies not mm-hmm. christmas all the princess movies yeah. um and like the princes like aladdin and um like prince eric from mm-hmm. the little mermaid Um, so it was, and it was always like masculinity was this thing that was, there was masculinity and there was femininity and Mm -hmm. it was always the two things compared to one another. Yeah. Like, cause the princess was like, like Jasmine on the balcony, like with her pet tiger, like, and like her dad keeping her there or whatever. And then like Aladdin, like being adventurous and like Mm. coming to her window. And so like it was influences like that. Like the men are the, the go getters, the action makers and the feminine women are more passive and things happen to them. Hmm. And it wasn't like their masculinity was agency and femininity was not, was kind of hmm. like the idea that I had growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, take this sort of you know you, you develop that i uh, this thing sort of in the the bubble of your home or your you know where you're growing growing up and then we kind of like take that out into the world and try it out and like see so like the ideas we have um you know i'm thinking like sort of like for me it was like i developed the idea of like i should be uh, i should play sports and i should like i learned those things so then i went out in the world and would like i almost see it as like i performed it and sort of said mm-hmm. like what do you guys think? You know, how ever, and then everyone had a response. So like, do you remember how you went out and said like, I'm going to act this way and, and people's reactions? Oh yeah. I am. Um, 
I like really struggled with upkeeping this feminine um, like look and identity that really didn't make me feel good or make me happy. Mm. Like it wasn't something that I ever thought like, oh, I don't have to do this. It was something that I did like in middle school, like I would put makeup on and stuff and like, I don't even really like to do that with the exception of like shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and there, I feel like with femininity in general, like it is very much a performance thing. Okay. How did I do everyone around me? And like, of course, like it's not necessarily asking that, mm. But like seeing how people react to you and interact with you when performing those things, like I just remember like the upkeep, like in middle school was like this exhausting thing because you can't slip and then you look like an idiot. Like, yes. Like when everyone was buying like Ugg boots and stuff, that was the thing in middle school. I don't know how much older you guys are than me, but that was for assuming that we're older. No, no, no. I, it's yeah. I was just actually talking to a friend about. Uh, do you guys know what Jack Purcells? They're another kind of shoe. They're like a mm-hmm. brand of Converse, and we were talking like oh it was yeah, such a status symbol, but not status necessarily on like money because I think they were like thirty dollars shoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was like, are you? Do you know how to be in this group? Do you know mm-hmm. how to do this, right? It was like for guys to have not commerce, but Jack Purcell specifically and like mm-hmm. the white ones and the blue ones. And, um, Didn't they so, have an all black pair? Yes. Wasn't yeah. that the shoe that uh, the kid bought in the Sandlot? He, no, those were P, PF, PF Flyers. Oh, okay, PF okay, flyers, okay. Which were similar. But yeah, so, <laughs> so and it's interesting that you say like, do you, do you about that thing of slipping? Because yeah, you're, you're not actually saying, how did I do it, everyone? <laughs> Give me my, give me your scores. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you recall any of those slips or where you got a message like, oops, that was, that was wrong. Shouldn't do that. Well, there was like, so like there was the Ugg boots and like mm. every girl had to have them. And like, I remember like the experience of getting dressed in the girl's locker room after gym and like this one girl, Amber, like showing off her multicolor Uggs and how cool they were. And then someone stole them and it was this big thing. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm trying to think of like the slipping thing. I mean, I, I actually, I suffered from an eating disorder for a long time around that. It was, it started around that age Mm -hmm. because there's that feeling of like, if I am not this, then I might as well be nothing. So I might as well go fucking nuts to be this thing. Sure, yeah. Um, so the, I constantly felt like I was slipping all the time. Yeah. Because like I felt like I wasn't um, like thin enough to be like the ideal that I wanted to be. Because that's my thing too. I don't like being average. I like being the best at everything that I do. Yeah. Um, which I guess means I'm very competitive, but, um, I relate. <laughs> and it's so interesting because I never like identified as someone who's competitive and I realized that but I am. It's there. <laughs> but so, um, like people told me I was beautiful my whole life and everything, but I was like, but one day I'm not going to be this mm. beautiful. And how am I supposed to be a woman if I'm not beautiful and I have to be more beautiful than all the other women in my immediate vicinity because that's the way that I got to do it. Mm. And so, like, I always felt like I was slipping. Yeah. Um, How old were you when you had that thought? Or that, like, awareness? The earliest I remember thinking like that, I guess, was seventh grade. So, how old? Like, like 12, 13, 13? Yeah. Yeah, middle school was... 
it's I feel like middle school and it's different for everyone but that is that time when you really start because like not only like you're it's like when you start to diverge into like where do you fit what's your because your bodies are naturally changing also but like you know are you interested in you know you need to be interested in this and you need to look like this and you need like that's when like sports i felt like became Mm -hmm. more important and like wanting to hook up and like not not just being friends but you need to want to hook up with someone Uh, yeah yeah no and i think that's the i mean of course there's like the like puberty thing and all that but i think that the thing that makes it really worse is that sudden expectation to get sexually involved with other people Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things and of course like i was coming to terms with my own sexuality as well in very like ways i'm covering my eyes (laughs) (laughs) but like ways like like that like yeah i was realizing it but didn't want to and like Mm -hmm. and i think that all of a sudden i was it was expected that i would like boys yeah Mm -hmm. then that binary thinking clicks in and it's like oh if i'm gonna be involved with boys then i need to be the feminine girl yeah to match their ja- the jasmine to their aladdin yeah. like um and i think that's just making i the the sexual pressure makes it worse sure. i think sure yeah like uh feeling uh, i relate in a way in that like i remember hooking up or like wanting to hook up like i was just so scared every because i was just like even like i think like i didn't really like make out with anyone until i was like in high school and like all and like but feeling so it was something i'd never done but i felt stupid for not knowing what i was doing or not feeling Mm -hmm. like am i feeling the right way or like why don't i why am i not like this like aggressive like i wanted like all like i felt like my friends did like to want to get after it to, like go and that was the most important thing and it just maybe it wasn't like again going back to the idea of like having it be the spectrum of what's interesting to me personally and and but when you're a kid yeah you can't uh well i lost my virginity really young yeah and then i was like wait a minute who do i tell so then i didn't tell anybody yeah. So oh, wow. I was just like, oh, I'm in seventh grade. I lost my virginity. Yeah. Who do I tell? Because yeah, like, I don't know if anybody else is. Well, you shared you thought people wouldn't believe you. Yeah. So there was that like fear of like, oh, you're lying. You're full of shit. But then there's also that, right, shouldn't I be doing this? Or yeah. shouldn't I be hooking up? Mm-hmm. I love that you cover your eyes because it's <laughs> so like we're just, it's like we're operating in the dark because no one wants to talk to their yeah. kids about that or no one wants to like. Or maybe they just don't have the language to talk to, you know, people about that. And like, it's like, so you're just trying stuff. You're just trying and. Yeah. And I hate that too, because I think that's how, like so many of my first sexual experiences were not as consensual as they should have been. Mm -hmm. And there was no communication. And I think it's like, it's relating to what you guys are talking about that we're, we're bumbling around in a dark room with blindfolds on probably Uh trying to figure shit out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we're too afraid to communicate and ask questions because we already feel like we're supposed to know. Yeah. And I think that like for masculine people, it's you're supposed to know and you're supposed to want. And for women, you're supposed to know, but you're not really supposed to want, but you do want. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows that, 
it's natural for you to want, but you're not supposed to. But then yeah. also the most interesting stories are about that. Yeah. Like it's just so many mixed messages and nobody feels comfortable to like try and put language to it because yeah. everyone's afraid of looking like a fool yeah. and slipping. Yeah. Like, and kind of, and again, like as parents, I have so much, I have so much compassion because they're just like trying their best and, and, you know, but it's like parent, the people who do know and who have gone through it and come out the other side, it's like no one gives them the language to talk to their kid you know, and mm. so they like don't know how to like. Maybe they have a little bit of information that could be helpful, but it's like, do I say that to my kid? Am I a bad parent if I talk about these things mm-hmm. with my kid? Am I like overexposing my kid? I don't, you know, like I don't know. I have a lot of compassion for parents who are also just like in the dark. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like I, I'm waiting for that time when I'm not in the dark, just trying. Um, I thought you were going to say when you're a parent. Well, that, I mean, that's back and forth. A baby fever. Um, so did you, when did you start to like, you talked about going to college and seeing it sort of like as sort of, it was this like construct kind of thing. But before that, cause I think like middle school is one thing. And then like high school, did you have experiences then that more solidified, like I don't know what I'm. I feel more comfortable. I feel less comfortable. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it can be. Well, high school was kind of a blur, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, because that's when like I was like severely depressed and like still like throwing up my food and all that. Yeah. Um, but I remember. I don't know. I didn't know how to express myself really, so I really latched on to like the like Kristen Stewart from the Twilight movies Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with her and she is a queer person as well Mm -hmm. and she wasn't out at that time but I think I saw that in her and especially like she presented herself like she would kind of not dress super mask but she would wear like big t-shirts and like these plaid shirts and like what people call boyfriend jeans like the baggy Mm -hmm. pants and stuff and so I didn't know how to figure myself out. So I just completely idolized her mm. and like tried to be like her in every way. Like yeah, yeah. my mom for Christmas got me like this jacket that she wears in Twilight. And like, and still to this day, if I'm in a store and I recognize a piece of clothing that Kristen Stewart has worn, I will want it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. which is so interesting. But like, I really latched on to her because I didn't know how to figure it out on my own. And like, that's, I always think of Twilight and Kristen Stewart when I think of high school yeah, yeah. and being depressed. <laughs> I, I think she was, you know, uh, I think she was that person for a lot of young women or, or people mm-hmm. in general. I've, I've just found because, you know, I, I just people in my life and stuff who have a similar kind of reaction towards her that she, it's not that she was like out at that time speaking about these kind of things, but there Mm -hmm. was this draw to her because she was different and kind of, yeah. And like, that was her whole thing too. Like when she first got on the scene really, because twilight was an indie movie and then it absolutely fucking took off and her career wasn't supposed to be like that. Mm -hmm. So, when she started to be in the spotlight, she wasn't doing like the celebrity game and she was very like strong about it. Like she was like, I don't, I don't want to do this interview. I don't want to do the red carpet and I don't really feel like smiling. So I'm not going to. 
And like, it was so amazing to see her do that Mm -hmm. and just to be like, this is the way it is. Sorry. Not even say sorry. And like, what's so interesting is that she has such a masculine energy in that way, or rather what I should say, uh, well, she has such a strong energy that comes off very masculine. Um, Meanwhile, starring in the quote unquote chick flick like movie like of a, like the early Romeo 2000s like teen draw yeah, yeah yeah so it was so interesting that this woman who came off as so queer from the jump was supposed to be this character who was like the helpless princess yeah. and like all that stuff yeah i could go on forever about well, her. <laughs> well it's, it's re- I, i'm just now real <laughs> to make it about me um <laughs> I I hadn't really thought about this until like you're the way you're speaking about because like I said I, other people in my life are like oh I love her so much I'm like oh yeah I get that I see that and I when around that time when she was like doing what you're talking about like when she was like famous I remember like she would like get an award and she kind of like would like not even want to look at the mm-hmm. screen and I always had this reaction to her of like oh fuck you like what like you're famous why don't you you act like you don't want to be famous like and i have and i like in this moment i'm realizing that because what was that like mid 2000s like 2005 Mm -hmm. i I was like 2008 and 2008 so so like that was a time in my life where i was definitely in a dark place um and i'm now realizing that i wonder if it was like she wasn't playing the game, like you said, like mm-hmm. she wasn't playing the game. And as someone who did a lot of damage to himself by playing, forcing himself to play the game, like not obviously the celebrity game, but like mm-hmm. filling the roles that I saw that like, I like, you want this for me? I'll do it. Let me do what you want for me. Cause then you'll like me and then I can feel okay. Mm-hmm. And like hurting myself a lot in that way. I wonder if that's why I had that reaction to her because it was like she wasn't doing, she was free mm-hmm. enough to not do it. And so I was like, I, I wonder if on some level I wanted to be like that, but couldn't or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So she is a very, very interesting character and person. And um, yeah. Look at so, you having realizations. Yeah. Mind blown right now. It really is. <laughs> it's interesting because I did. I had like almost like hatred towards her because I was like, why be it? Well, don't be an actor then if you don't want to be yeah, famous. Yeah. And like, like that was like the big public reaction to her. Yeah. And it took me, I mean, I always loved her, and but I didn't have the knowledge to be like, wait a minute. Like that's kind of like really fucking rude of people mm. to, to think. Like my parents would make fun of her and I'd be like, don't say that. Like, I love her. Like, yeah. But like, there was also like, and I think the public is starting to realize it this as well, but there was a big element of like misogyny to it as well because she's a woman. We're expecting her to smile and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. But if she were like Robert Pattinson, who was her co-star in Twilight, like he didn't get that same flack. Yeah, it yeah. was endearing and adorable yeah. that he was so sensitive and moody, but she couldn't be that. Yeah. No, that's what I was just thinking is like, shocker we were we got upset when a woman didn't yeah. uh, yeah. act the way yeah. we wanted her yeah. to yeah <laughs> like, yeah realizing like learning about the concept of internalized misogyny like really like just that right. whole concept like also like internal um like just like things that you internalize like actively thinking about those things really changed my life like the mm. internalized misogyny internalized biphobia that i still like find myself struggling mm. with um 
but yeah. So, well, so it's a reality I wanna, check. <laughs> I want Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It is. It's like, oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> so let's take a break real quick, but then I want to kind of get into that, like when you did start to pull those things apart and see them for what they are and um, kind of how that influenced how you then operated. Mm-hmm. And like, I also want to know, like, when did like the first like Max, or, or when did Max you know, really start to develop. Um, so let's take a break and we'll come right back. Welcome back to Walls Down. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. We're here with Max. Hello. So talk to us about the next stage that you, you talked about college and learning about femininity and, and the construct. So just go. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Um, so like the next step of like realizing these were things that I could look at and learn about, like that was like college was looking at and learning. Um, like that's when I was like really out in my queerness, um, like the college experimenting or whatever. Mm. Um, so not to belittle it or anything, but, um, so like I came to terms with my queerness and that's when I first learned about drag um i went to suny purchase and there was a really big drag community there Mm. so i decided to try it as a way to get more involved with the queer community Mm -hmm. i didn't even like there were i knew trans people i knew gender queer people who were there um some people i was even friends with but i didn't i didn't know what to i don't know i just I was very passive about being present to that person's experience. Um, And I definitely didn't think that any of that would apply to me at all. Um, But I think it was just kind of like the way that I was passive about my sexuality growing up until it like, um, until not thinking about it became um, really detrimental to me. But, um, that was the same thing that I was doing, like when I was surrounded by like really queer people. Um, I just wasn't participating in it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But so I, you, um, can sorry, I ask? Yeah. I don't want to break your train of thought. Can I ask why? Do you know what brought that passiveness? Was it fear to kind of engage in more, or was it just your way of I being? Mean, I don't know. I was always very passive growing up. I didn't take a lot of action with a lot of things at all. Hmm. Um, Which is interesting because you talked about femininity being sort of, or masculinity having agency and femininity being passive. passive. Yeah. And I think that that idea that I gathered really ingrained itself in me and also like I think the way I grew up too like my I have the best dad and he was um he was always very like I'll take care of it I'll take care of it I'll do this thing for you I'll figure it out for you I'll do it and so I was just so passive and I'm so fortunate that my parents were very caring and very active parts of my life Mm. but I really I still to this day I don't know how to take care of myself Mm. Cause I'm that passive Mm. and I just recently, I'm at the point in my life now where I'm all about taking action and asking questions. And especially when it comes to like introspective things, you know, 
and questions of comfort and identity and stuff like that. But even earlier, I was like, oh, I don't know what my pronouns are in real life. Hmm. I don't know what they are, you mm. know? And I'm I'm happy that I don't feel a pressure to name one mm-hmm. um, just because people are asking, even though I do understand it, it does make people uncomfortable. Um, but um, yeah, so... I'm losing my train of thought. Did I answer your question? No, you totally answer. No, I mean, and and I know I sort of broke your train of thought, but you were talking about being there and being sort of a part of this, the queer community. And then, but that you hadn't been kind of actively expressing of what that meant to you maybe. And so Mm -hmm. then I derailed you, but yeah, no, that's a, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But so, um, I started to do drag I was a backup dancer for another drag king and I was like living my best femme life. Hmm. Um, (laughs) That was my, my femme prime was being a backup dancer for this drag king. But um, so then I finally decided to try and do it myself Uh just because it, I thought it would be a fun outlet. I did community theater when I was younger. I wasn't very good at it, but I really enjoyed doing it. Um, and I can't sing at all. So I was like, okay, if this is going to be like a way for me to scratch that little performing itch that I have, I can do it. And like uh, the purchase drag scene at that time was all about like being sexy and like the, it, it was very at that time. If I would go so far as to say that it was very binaried, the drag was not very queer. Mm. And there were also like, so much like uh, so much misogyny like in the under levels of it uh-huh. um like barely barely covered misogyny uh-huh. um and i even participated in that as well because i didn't i didn't know anything about um about avoiding that can, can you explain kind of what that looked like well like if you were a drag king you had sexy femme backup dancers oh. and like there was mm. always like for some reason purchase the purchase drag scene was all about like bdsm influences mm. so there were lots of whips and stuff and like and like i didn't even know like i didn't even know shit about like actual bdsm either yeah, you yeah. know and um but so I actually, there was a, um, a king who visited Purchase, um, didn't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and during his performance, there were, some people were standing in the audience and there was some girls who were sitting in the front and they were girls that I knew. So they were Purchase girls. Like this person definitely didn't know them. And the king thrusted in this girl's face, like may have even grabbed her head actually. Mm-hmm. And like... Even back then, I was like, that was very uncool. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I still think about it to this day. And like, yeah, it's just like, that's what the masculinity that was being presented at the Purchase College stage was not, um, it was very ingrained in toxic ideas. Mm. It was not imaginative. Like, it was like performing. Real life. <laughs> well, yeah, real life. I was going to say, like, kind of the the worst corners or, or yeah. I guess, yeah. the front. Of, and that's, that's yeah. what's so interesting about being a drag king because when you decide, okay, I want to be a drag king, I want to, like, present a masculine character, you need to figure out what qualities you want to have. And I feel like so many kings are immediately like, oh, I'm a womanizer and I'm aggressive. Mm. And it's like, so, but why are... 
as a as people, why are those our go to characteristics yeah. when we decide we want to act like men? To put it very yeah. simply, no, no, you no. know, it's such an interesting. It's like, you know, the whole idea of this podcast was to sort of like explore masculinity and that's like, it's such an interesting where someone is like literally performing it, well, which, you know, we all are day to day, but like Mm -hmm. performing it, Mm -hmm. what it, the, the like sort of the easiest way to perform it, what it looks like. And it's like, oh, fuck, is that, that, you know what I mean? That's what we are. That's what we, or, you know, I don't want to speak for but like to see when that choice can be made, how it w- is performed. Yeah. Sort of stereotypically. Yeah. And it's not to like, I don't mean to talk shit about the Kings at purchase. Um, they were very nice people. Well, one of them actually was a very sexually aggressive person and I'm still mad about it to this day. Mm. So let me not pretend that they were all nice people. Um, but um, it's just, it's, it takes a lot of work to like figure out what kind of king character you want to have. Yeah. Especially like when you're entering a community in which people want to see queens and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, and even queens too, they also have this responsibility to be, they should be responsible when picking how they want to perform femininity, mm-hmm. femininity, because that's also, I've seen so many queens that do like things that are really misogynist. Is that yeah? That is the right word. Hmm. Like, like, like. Oh, you look so fish. Like, oh, fish. When someone looks really feminine, mm-hmm. like that's a vagina joke. Like, that's a smelly uh, vagina uh, joke. I was just about to ask. What I does that mean? Yeah. yeah. I was like, is that like fresh, like weak, like the fish in like the prison uh, term? But like, no, it's like it's a joke about yeah, vagina, yeah, yeah. which is like let's not be fucking rude. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, um. Also, like, oh, you look cunt. That's the other thing, too. Uh, it's like, yeah, like... And now, is that used as a compliment? Or, like... Oh, as lo- a compliment, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't... Fish really annoys me. I don't like when people say fish. Saying, yeah. oh, you look cunt. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But then, also, then we get into that area of, okay, we're using words about body parts that not all people necessarily have. And then are you being insensitive to someone's identity? Yeah. If you're, you know, like it just, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's like, you could say it's like, it's not reclaiming a word because it's being used by certain people. And like Mm -hmm. in a space where it's almost like, (laughs) you know, it's such a complex hole we could go down, but it's like appropriation in a way, but not in like in kind of a harmful, like, yeah, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Or like how, um, Queens will, there've been times where, um, Kings have been introduced on the mic, um, with words like she, her, Hmm. um, even being Queens. Um, queens will be introducing okay, okay. kings on the mic and call okay. them and use and um, he or she yeah yeah and use she girl sometimes even say queen hmm. to describe the the drag king that yeah. they're introducing and there have been times when kings have been like hey actually like can you not do that um and like so often queens will go oh i call everybody girl Hmm. Or, oh, it's like, it's no big deal or stuff like that. It's like, no, you can't tell me that it's not a big deal. (laughs) Which is so interesting because it's in a space of choice, right? It's a space where people are choosing how they get to be. So like 
which is the whole thing with pronouns. I was just talking, we were just talking, it's like people get so caught up in uncomfortable and it's like, just call whatever they want you to. Call them whatever they want. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. But people get uncomfortable because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And then uh, like, their defenses come up and their walls go up and all this stuff. But like, it's like this is a space that's about recognizing that it's all a choice. Like that I'm making a choice. Mm-hmm. Yet people aren't respecting that. Choice. Yeah. 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 And also like a lot of the kings in Brooklyn are trans men. Mm-hmm. Um, so then also then you're calling this person she and that's actually really like not yeah. cool oh, yeah. for yeah. them yeah yeah um but yeah hold on okay so i want to take a break for technical reasons the batteries run low i don't want to miss a word Uh-oh. so i want to change batteries all right we'll be right back Welcome to Walls Down Pocket. Welcome back, I guess. Um, we got batteries changed. We're ready to go. And uh, we we're something came up just in between. And so... So I had a question. Um, and the question was, I don't understand what queer means. And I want to, to learn A and B, understand. Mm-hmm. So I use the word queer. Basically, when I say queer, I mean the identities that fall under the gigantic umbrella of gayness mm-hmm. um so if that makes any sense i some people um that's the way i mean it um i think i'm pretty in line if, with the way that other people use it as well however some people um can differ um um yeah you only have to speak for yourself yeah yeah, yeah. 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 no 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 that I mean, I think that's an important question because, you know, it's, I want to be, I always try to be cognizant of that, like, we exist in spaces where sometimes, like, I have, we have understandings because of exposure, right? Like, we have understandings of, like, because where we went to school or who we're around, who we're friends with, and other people may not have that. And I my hope for this is to not make people feel ostracized if they don't know the answer to these things, but to have that kind of exposure themselves. Um, Because I know for me, like, even, like, when I moved to New York and I went to Columbia and, like, I thought of myself as, like, very liberal and very aware and like it was like a total crash course and things and I felt pretty uncomfortable for like I wouldn't ask questions it's like it's like that we've talked about on here before like how I moved from the space of if someone used a word that I didn't know the meaning in my past life like and not even about like identity or just any word because of my own intellectual insecurity I would like be like "Mm, yes yes and then I'd like (laughs) google it (laughs) whereas now I've like gotten to this place where like like my girlfriend, she's super smart and she'll use words. I don't know. And I was like, what does that mean? What is that? I don't know that mm-hmm. word. And five years ago, that would be like humiliating to ask mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, no, I think that's important. So you started, you, you were talking about, you started to realize that it was really important to how you were going to portray masculinity. Mm-hmm. What can what did you what conclusions did you come to? What choices did you make, and ha, ha, what was it like when you took those out in the world? Well, so like my first drag character, it was it's actually incredibly embarrassing. Um, the drag character that I first was, the name came from a actual real life murderer, and. Um, the look was informed from Clockwork Orange. So I really was being irresponsible. 
in what I was trying to do. Mm. And um, what were you trying to do? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the way that the drag community was at that time and in that space, it was about like being sexy. That's kind of, and like, that's like, I was like, oh, I'm going to be this dangerous character. But like, that's not, and like, you can like be into whatever you want. Like if you want to do this, that, and the other thing with like your partner, and if you find like characters in movies, if you find those characters sexy, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But stepping out into the world and performing to audiences, like you need to be re- responsible. And if I were to go on stage in Brooklyn with that name and with that character, mm-hmm. people would be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. Like because it's it's harmful to to continue to put those ideas on display in mm. that way, and sort of like idolize it. Or, like, put yeah. it up as, like, a thing, like, something to be aspired to. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, once I got my head out of my ass, um, <laughs> I started performing shows in other places. Like, I went upstate to New Paltz and performed where my sibling was going to school. Mm-hmm. And the act that, it's an act that I still perform to this day. And it, it has, like, it starts with voicemails from this lover that I had, this girl, and she's like, Max, will you call me back? Like, I sent you flowers. Like, please give me a call back. I miss you. Mm-hmm. And the song is that go- that it goes into is With an Axe by Foxy Shazam. Yeah, no, Foxy, Foxy Shazam. Shazam is great. And um, I don't... I created that act when I wasn't being responsible with the masculinity I was displaying. Mm. However, I'm very lucky that the choices that I made in that act don't, even though my head wasn't in the right place when I made it, Mm. the act still stands up and it doesn't illustrate the wonky ideas that I had at that time. I mean, the like, the, the, ex-girlfriend calling on the phone like that's it's using a woman as a prop which Mm -hmm. is my least favorite thing now that i've realized that it's a thing that i used to do um but like foxy shazam is like um the lead singer eric nally is like i foxy shazam i think is good eric nally i like love yeah i I had i saw them him him in some song and like had like a year obsession where i was like texting everyone like this is great have you seen this this but so yes that's and like he's um i actually don't know anything about how he identifies but he's an amab um assigned male at birth person who has this very high-pitched voice and has this theatricality and dances and has long hair and wears like um their look is very like mick jagger inspired Mm -hmm. So it's a person, a man, I think, um, who like plays with this femininity. Yeah, and I, I'm so I, happy that like I think I he does identify band. as male. Mm-hmm. I, I believe so. So yeah. Okay. Sorry. But um. Um. Oh yeah. So that act. Yeah. So um. So then I started to realize. Okay, I definitely want Max to have this rocker persona, very similar to Eric Nally, like the looks that I do are like very Mick Jagger, very Keith, not really Bowie, um, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that. But then I started to be more cognizant, if that's the right word, of like what the acts were 
after that I did a James Bond act and I was like, okay, like there's a gunshot sound with the James Bond theme song. And I am being this womanizer epitome of masculine character, but it's a classic character. So I think I can make peace with it. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I thought that much about it when I did it. It was just a lot of fun. Um, but so then when I really started performing in Brooklyn and really getting to know other Kings and seeing other performers perform, um, and some performers who don't even like when they do drag, they don't, um, adhere to the binary at all. Mm-hmm. There's a great performer, Lady Bedbug. Um, they used to go by Lady Bedbug, but they were like, no, people are misgendering me all the time. I'm going to be Lady Bedbug yeah, yeah. and make up this word. And they, they're so they're queer in the way they present themselves every day, but their performance is unlike any other person that's doing it right now, just because they're like, I'm going to be queer and I don't have to code myself either way for you. And I'm going to perform the way that I want to, Mm. regardless of whatever rules you think I might need to adhere to. Um, so it was seeing performers like Vady and other Kings, um, and just being in a community where there was a constant conversation about masculinity. And like, I knew, um, I finally like knew on a close and personal level, other, um, uh, trans men. Mm. So it was a conversation that I was constantly having. So I was like, Oh, this is what it means to be responsible and to make choices. Mm. And when you go on stage, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the max character is like, I do still do that rocker persona, Uh but like, I'm not about to get on stage and like smooch some audience member and like be a drunken belligerent, even though I have been drunk on stage before. Um, I barely remember New Year's Eve last year. Um, (laughs) But um, so it's like, I still found that found the medium where I can exist in this character and still pull it off really well. And people, people like, to watch me on stage and people like to book me because I have this character Uh and because they're like, Oh, sexy rocker guy. I like it. But I, so I can do this and pull this off without, um, without also doing those toxic and harmful things that go with that character. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that totally. (laughs) It's that sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's that of like what feels, like what feels right and what feels responsible and what feel not like what is easy, which mm-hmm. is like what we're talking about all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's easy for me to lean into my, uh, it's easy for me to li- lean into my privilege for lack of a better term. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to exist in those space, but like what feels right and what feels responsible is to like challenge those things. Mm-hmm. And it feels more like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, you, uh, is uh, I thought it was interesting. How do, does Freddie Mercury fit in anywhere here? Do you get that? Oh a lot? yeah. Okay, because I like. I mean, I love Freddie Mercury. So this all is very interesting. The way you're talking about this, because I have, and I don't know if I've talked to you about this, and uh, but I've talked to some people in my life that like I have such an interest in drag, but not necessarily in classic. I've been to plenty of drag shows, but not like classic 
queen drag queen performance and like like two years ago three years ago for halloween i was a little Edie from great gardens oh wow but I had like a big beard and then two years ago i was freddie mercury and then this year i was ariana grande but like had a mustache uh-huh. and like there's something for me and i like on all three of those years i was in new york and i like went out at the parade and like wasn't even going to the parade. It was like being on the streets at light and like as little Edie and as Ariana Grande, I had like high heels on and like it, and you know, like my girlfriend was Pete Davidson this year. And like, I was there and she was like, you were just like feeling yourself. So because all of those characters and all of those characters are very like, even for like in Freddie Mercury, it's like very, you know, people were like yelling on the street and like all the tweens loved me as Ariana Grande. Like I was getting yelled and it was like something about, just embodying a character that was, I wasn't like, like I said, my girlfriend like got annoyed that I wouldn't shave my mustache off for Ariana to be Ariana Grande. But I, mm-hmm. the joke was also that I, I was Ariana Venti because I was like with the heels, I was like six <laughs> foot five and that she was petite Davidson. Cause she's very short. Oh, that's so funny. And, but I was like, Ariana Venti has a mustache and like, and like, I wouldn't like, I wasn't like changing my voice or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so it was, it's not this, it, it is the same and it isn't, but it was like, it just felt, I felt like walk, putting on heels and the way you walk, you walk differently. And it wasn't that I wanted to do it every day because it hurts, but that it was like, I felt very, I don't know if it was just freeing or it felt very like, but it's something that definitely wouldn't, isn't like, I don't know. It, it, it was something that definitely maybe I wouldn't do in the past, but it didn't feel like, oh, isn't this so silly that I'm dressed as a woman? Mm-hmm. Or like, isn't it like, like, I don't know. It was something. And so as you're talking about this idea of like, like to me, if I were to ever do, not, I don't know that I ever would, but if I ever did do drag, that it would be, I would, the, the freedom to do it however you want. Right to yeah. like somehow not be neither feminine nor masculine or in those stereotypical ways and some or be both. But um, so I just find it very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it like when you're performing? Like I know you're saying you're being responsible, but how does it? How do you feel? Well, when I perform, it feels I don't know. It it's my favorite thing. Um, it's the only thing that I've ever been active about and not passive about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's my really my true passion, and being on stage is... Sometimes I get really nervous. Sometimes I get that performer blackout where like you do the act, and you're like, oh my God, did I even do any of the choreography that I planned? Because yeah. like, you're just... I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what happens. You just get so... I don't, I don't even know. It's, it's, sometimes it's like a weird out-of-body thing. But I... There are there are times when I'm nervous, but there are times when I feel really good too. And you can tell that like like that the audience is engaged. For me, like that's a thing. Mm. Like if I feel like the audience isn't paying attention or that they're not liking it, I get like freaked out. Yeah. Like as I'm doing my act, I'm like, oh fuck, like they're not liking it. And that doesn't feel good. But like then also there are some acts that like if the audience is quiet, that means they're paying attention and they're yeah. listening. Like because yeah. there are some I've seen some I've, of course, I see many fun drag acts, but I've seen also some really personal performance pieces. And like, there are times when, like, at the drag show, everyone will be quiet and crying. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, but so, um, yeah, no, performing it feels really great when it when I feel like the audience is engaged. Um, it's I do with like a little bit of dancing and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's cool, and like, I think also like. 
it's fun to get on a stage and have everyone watching. Sure. And of course, I wouldn't feel that way if I wasn't good at drag. I know that I'm good at it. And I think that's why I like Hell it yeah. so much, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that you say that. I know. I could see the confidence. <laughs> yeah. It's so but good. Like, it's, it's like dope. there's no reason to like pretend yeah you no. know to pretend to be humble there's no reason to do that no, i mean being an yeah. asshole like sucks no 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 but like to know you're good at something and being able to say it i think that's really important it was a humble brag i like that it wasn't humble even brag. A, it wasn't it, well, <laughs> it was I didn't, it, it's like i like it it was like yeah I, I love when someone can say i'm good at something because yeah. that was never my you know it was always you know if someone gives you a compliment you should like be like Oh, it was them. It was someone yeah, else. Oh, or I'm actually nothing. not that good. Like, or it's like, um, it's like, spend enough time not feeling great about yourself. Why don't you spend some time feeling good about yourself? Um, well, and, and we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and ask questions. The, oh, yes. the six questions. But I, 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 so you talk about Beyonce. I just want to know real quick because I've seen the documentary, and, and I understand how time and space work you're not always on stage like you get ready and you like Mm -hmm. you like everything what does it feel like when you're walking around backstage or you're like you know when you're in when you are fully in max but you're not performing how do you Mm -hmm. feel well i feel really good i feel i feel good in my in my body Mm -hmm. um also, like, when people come up and like, oh, you're so good, like, or like, when people say, like, I've been following you for a really long time, and it's good to meet you finally and see yeah. you perform, like, that's my favorite yeah. compliment. So it's nice to talk to other performers and, like, compliment each other. Um, it's fun to talk to audience members, too, when they're not being rude. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I met, um, I was outside having a cigarette with a friend a few months ago. And, um, this girl like asked for a light or something and she was a friend of another performer. So I was like, Oh, I'll make casual conversation with her. Like we're all outside having a cig, whatever. And, um, I was in full face before the, I think it was before the show even started. And she was like, wow, you look so good. And I was like, thank you. Like, cause like people like will make like, Oh, you're so sexy comments at me. And like, uh-huh. I was like, okay, the way she's saying this kind of toe the line, but it's fine. Uh-huh. And then like, she kept going. She was like, Oh, wh- like, can I get your number? Can you send me a dick pic? And that's when I was like, actually, I don't have one of those. Mm-hmm. And like, she could tell by my face that I was like, s- like this conversation is done. Yeah, yeah. And like, you are kind of being rude now. And she was like, Oh, sorry and like went back inside and i was like don't like how come when i'm dressed as a man you feel like you can aggressively come on to me Mm. in a joking manner yeah like i am a queer person like it it just it feels very like inconsiderate yeah yeah. and like let me fetishize fetish (laughs) fetishize you yeah and like create this very sexually aggressive situation and it's like just because like you might be straight and you're a woman and you're making this comment at me. Like it still feels, I don't know. No, it's not like an innocent joke. Like it's, it's still like, I don't know. It's a valid moment. It's still, you're still making these comments to me, another person. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Like how, like there's like this whole thing about like, um, the whole idea that queer men, like, will be grabby with women. Hmm. And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm gay. It's like, yes, but I'm still a person and you're still mm, squeezing still my, my ass. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. 
But yeah, so. I'll say when I was dressed as little Edie, we went to the parade and I was wearing like tights and just like a sweater or something. I got my ass grabbed three times, like by strangers in a crowd. Like it was very, and, and like that is like to have this teeny little experience in the, you know, mm-hmm. but, but to be like, what, because it's Halloween or something like that. Do you yeah. think that pe- people saw you from behind and thought you were a woman? Or do you think that people thought it was a funny thing? The, that That is a very interesting question because I don't know. Because that's when I say I had this little tiny experience. It's like if they did see me and think I was a woman and did that, it's like because I know and we've talked about it here before. Like I have like so many like I have female friends and like um, – my ex-girlfriend had experience where to get like of being grabbed on the subway or being, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like to have that, when I say to have that little tiny moment where it was like, oh yeah, it was just like, that's something that a, a woman might experience on a daily basis. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, 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 that's an interesting question. If, if it was like, oh, I'm playing along in the joke that you're like this or yeah, was it just like an aggressive action towards someone who like their ass was there? Um, and I don't know. Um, okay, let's take a break. Come back for the uh, questions. Bye. Welcome back to the Walls Down Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike. I'm Walker. And I'm Max. Hi, Max. <laughs> yeah. So we're at the question portion of the podcast um, where we get to ask you six questions. Okay. Don't be worried. They're simple. Are they like rapid fire? Do I have to answer really quick? No. No, okay. no, 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 no. Take your time. There's think no about score. it. There's no score. Yeah, There's no timer. No, 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 no. They're really easy. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kick us off. Uh, question one. When are you scared? <laughs> now I'm going to take 20 minutes to think about the answer to each question. The way I led yeah. up to that made it seem like it was like the endless question. Like, when, are you, when are you scared? Um, I'm scared when I think about not being able to do drag anymore. Is there a clock on it? Good question. Um, that's not one of the questions. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. I hope there isn't one and okay. I just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Okay. Question two. What do you need from people? Patience and understanding. Yeah. Compassion, I think. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's so good. (laughs) Same. All right. Should I elaborate more? No, no, no. We just want to give you the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no. Those are are the the important ones, I think. Nice. Question three. When do you feel hurt? When I'm misunderstood, hmm. especially when I'm not even given the chance to be understood. Yeah. Yeah, I like that caveat because, like, we all, uh, I, w- I want to understand and I don't always. And so it's like, and I want to be understood. And it's sometimes hard if, like, someone won't allow me. Like, it's, to tell a story to elaborate again when i was home with my brother he we were talking about this party and i didn't really want to go and he was like and i said like oh, i don't want this fucking party done he was like he was like no you should go that's so stupid da, 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 da. 
And I thought I got so pissed and I kind of just got quiet. And then I saw him the next day and I actually had a great time at the party or whatever. But I was telling him, I was like, just like, I was like, if you disagree with me, that's okay. Just ask me why I think that. Mm -hmm. Don't just tell me Mm -hmm. I'm wrong. Just like ask me why. Like, and you can still disagree when I'm done explaining why, but like, just just take that space and ask me why. And he was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Question four. Who intimidates you? Um. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> um. I get intimidated by people. I get intimidated by other drag kings who I look up to. Yeah. So I get intimidated by people I look up to. I get even more intimidated by people who have like other performers who I don't know, hmm. but who have this status and it's like, Oh, this person's really important. They're really important. Whether I agree or not. Yeah. If I meet them, I'm intimidated. Like yeah. I could like, I'm just like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Like, okay. And like, I make a stupid comment or like miss up a word. And mm. I like think about it for the next three days. Like <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, I get that. Like the people who have maybe like what you want or yes. like want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Question five. When are you proud of yourself? Um, When when I do drag in general, but I'm the proudest when I pull off an act that took a lot of planning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did... um, um, What's... Well, well, so I did an act... um, Oh, so this is like all these things like rolled into one. So I was booked for Sasha Velour's Brooklyn show Nightgowns and she won season nine of Drag Race. Uh-huh. So it's like a really big deal. She's an international celebrity now. Um, and I hadn't met her. I actually, I met her very briefly. But so I was in a community of people who were close to her and who knew her. So it was, oh, Sasha's so good. Sasha's the best. And now she's this international celebrity and now they want you to do, um, Sasha actually uses it, they pronouns. Um, now they want you to do their show. Mm-hmm. So I was intimidated like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but luckily I, um, had people to help me pull off this act that, um, is the one that I am most proud of. It's, um, Save a Prayer by Duran Duran. Mm. And the whole concept of it is that I have this telephone, and I pull ribbons out of it. And then at the end, I have an eye mask and ribbon comes out of the eye mask. Like it's like a sleep mask. Uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, I have this idea. Don't know how I'm going to pull that off at all. Um, and then I also need like a nude illusion bodysuit. And I want to have a beautiful red robe to match the phone and like all this stuff. And like my dad had to help me like make the phone and someone else made the sleep mask for me mm-hmm. and like a robe for me. Like they made it like custom. It was really nice, uh-huh. the robe. Um, but so, and like practicing that and having everything, like when the ribbon comes out the phone perfectly and when the ribbons come out the sleep mask, like there, that was like one of the best feelings ever was like pulling that off on this big stage. And the way that that nightgowns worked, it was two shows back to back for two nights. So I got to do that act four times um, with Sasha Velour and um, 
a whole cast of other really talented performers who I was also very intimidated mm. by. Um, and I got to like be on this platform and like perform to all these people who didn't know me and like seeing the reaction of, I found a tweet later on cause I searched my name on Twitter to yeah. see what would happen. And I found this tweet. Someone was like, I'm still thinking about Max Pleasure's Nightgown's performance. And like, I keep getting like someone tagged me in their Insta story because they were in the grocery store and the speaker was playing Save a Prayer. Yes. And like, oh, yes. I, like I'm teary actually talking mm. about it now. That, that is the, one of the proudest things. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, so to answer the question, when yeah. an act is complicated and gets pulled off really, really yes. well. Um, that was a great answer. I know. That was so good. I want it in there, but no. Okay, so the last question is, when do you feel like your most authentic self? What does it look like? How do you feel? Um, when I'm doing Save a Prayer. When I'm doing yes, that act. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm in face yeah. and I feel good about it and... It almost doesn't even, if I'm wearing something that I feel comfortable in, like that's when I feel most like myself. When I look in yeah. the mirror, when I don't have makeup on, it, I'm like, there's a feeling of like disconnect. Mm. But when I have my face on, I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. Which, which Isn't that I, crazy? Which I feel like yeah. goes all the way like, back to like, how do you identify? And then yeah, <laughs> this is, there are many full circles in here and I feel really good about it. I love Hell it. Oh yes. Hell yes. I love it. Um, okay. Well, so. I mean, is there anything, anything else you, you didn't mention that you wanted to or anything? Um, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's always so much that can be said and so many questions that can be asked about being a person who presents, who plays with gender on stage and gets mm -hmm. paid to do it. There are so many questions, so many things. And I think that the most important thing is just to be the person that you want to be. You don't have to be that person all the time. It just so happens that I want to be Max all the time. <laughs> but I think that's something that's so important is being cognizant and being present and making choices and being comfortable with those choices that you make. And that's on stage, especially because you're on a platform literally and like emotionally, but like also just from day to day, I think that's the most important thing. I hope that made that sense. Was great. That, <laughs> yes, that, made that was great. Yes, it made sense. made a lot of sense. Don't yeah. hope it made perfect sense. No, that was sense. great. Um, so a plug for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, what can you, where can people find you? Where can yeah. they see you? This will probably come out in like three weeks. Four, okay. Three or four weeks. Okay. So um, I'm always on Instagram at Mr.MPleasure. Um that's like where I put most of my um, upcoming shows and fun mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, in the new year, I'm bringing back um, my show that I co-host with um, my drag friend, Angelica Frankenstein. Mm. We're bringing back our show called Guilty Pleasures, okay. um, which will be somewhere in Brooklyn. Not sure if it's going to be at the same venue, but definitely look out for that in the new year. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. If yeah, if you can go see it, I don't know. I oh, want to see it. Yeah, <laughs> go. It's a fun go. show. Yeah, Let's go. go. I'm down. Okay. Um, thank you so much. Thank for you. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm quiet. I'm just like taking it all in because it was so good. I feel like it's like a lot to like think about. It was about. good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so, okay. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Max, thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you, you for thank having you. me. Um, as always, if you guys, if anyone, if any of y'all have questions, concerns, thoughts, you can email us at wallsdownpodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on IG at wallsdown. Did is I say that, it wrong again? No, you didn't. Uh, I'm shaking my head. We uh, literally <laughs> don't have a single picture on our. I was going to say I don't follow you guys. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only there's nothing on there. <laughs> there's a problem with doing it so low. We don't have a photographer or anything. Yeah, um, we're gonna get it all t- taken care of. But um, it's also, happen. so uh, you can listen to us on all how wherever you listen to us now. Obviously, but we're like if you're on uh, iTunes. Please subscribe, rate us, review us, us, all that, just because it helps with the algorithm. But actually, I think what's most important I'm realizing now, yes, rate us, review us. If you like us and you want people to hear us, share it. Share it. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Facebook. Do whatever because um, you guys, uh, everyone has the (laughs) power to promote it and we're going to keep doing it. But if you want people to hear it, (laughs) uh, help us out. So, um, yeah, thank everyone for listening and uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye.